You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 325 of Podcateers. We hope that you've all been staying cool after the recent record-breaking heat wave. Uh, I gotta say that this weekend really made me miss the park and those relaxing rides on Pirates or It's a Small World, just enjoying the air conditioning. Do you have a favorite place to cool down in the park? Join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers and let us know where you like to hang out when you're trying to keep cool when you're visiting any of the parks, and we'll share your answers on the next episode. Uh, in this episode, we talk about an interesting mistake on the finale of Muppets Now. Plus, in the last episode, we talked about Disney Plus drive-ins possibly becoming a reality, and if they came to your area, what movies would you want to watch? In this episode, we tell you what movies we'd like to see at a drive-in. It was a fun conversation, but man, was there some categories that were stressful. Before we start, I'd like to send a very special shout out and thank you to the FGP squad, aka our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. If you would like more info on becoming part of the FGP squad family and getting some additional perks that come along with being part of the FGP squad, you can head over to podcateers.com FGP. Once again, a very special thank you to the FGP squad for their continued support. Our official charity team, Team Boat Willie, is going to be participating in the first ever virtual Walk for Hope in support of finding a cure for women's cancers. If you want more information, you can start by going to teamboatwilly.com. You can find out a little bit more about the team. You can find out some of the organizations that we've helped out. And if you want to join our battle, you can become a part of our team. There's a link on that page where you can sign up. You can also make a donation. Uh, every single bit helps, even a dollar. I mean, it sounds a little cliche, but yes, it does. We know that times are tough right now, but if you're able to give anything to help us reach our goals, uh, it puts us one step closer to living in a world without cancer. Uh, so to everyone that's already donated, we just want to say thank you for supporting our cause. Uh, you know, we've always had a special connection to these types of walks, and this year it's kind of taken on additional uh, meaning and it's become a very special thing for us so uh if you're able to give teamboatwilly.com you'll find the links there we appreciate all the support and if you're unable to give a monetary donation it would help us out tremendously if you guys share our post let other people know that we're fundraising for walk for hope and just let them know where they can go to give a donation so again thank you all of you for helping us out thank you for your support that's it it's time to get this episode started so uh let's do this here is episode 325 of podcateers Gavin, I think we should write a rock opera. I think we could really uh, achieve that and uh, rake in some Grammys, bro. I'm completely for this idea. <laughs> what should our rock With... opera be about? 
I don't know how we exactly. melted in the LA sun that one summer. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. It, it could be the we could. how we thought Corona was going to get us, but it ended up being the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being the 122 degree weather mm-hmm. over the Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Um, Record breaking heat is melting everything, <laughs> including the world. Yeah. Oh, man. With my lyrical prowess and your musical skills. Do I, we're, do, we're in. Do man. I actually have musical skills? I don't, I don't yeah, know if I dude. do anymore. You could you could tickle that ivory, <laughs> and we could uh, I mean we could get some looping music software, and I'll I'll learn how to rap like in Hamilton, and then people will be sampling our music on TikTok. Oh, that's right? where the that's where the big <laughs> dollars come in is when people start sampling you. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you keeping cool, man? It's been a brutal freaking weekend. Man, it has. And, you know, we had those two weeks where it was just relentless. And then it's like we had a, what, like a week and a half off. And then, bam, this weekend hit like a Mack truck, dude. It was so Ooh. hot. And, yeah, we uh, we made it through. It's a little better today. Um, it's a little better for you today, as I understand, too, but a little better from insane is, you know, just like mildly crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In our area, it got up to about 120. And so it was uh, I mean, it. you know how they show the weather report on your phone? Mm-hmm. It's like it's 112, but it feels 115. Like it was like 120, but it felt like 140. Right, right, right. You know, right. it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then in like certain times of the day it was a super dry heat and then super humid heat and it would kind of alternate and the fires that were happening just didn't help the situation yeah and so sadly people are dealing with these fires i I think by now they're more under control than they were so you know making sure that you know all the campers and all the people that were up in the national parks Mm -hmm. you know they they were being taken to safety so i was happy to see that that was happening but man it it was just one of those weekends that like you couldn't do anything yeah you know you i i went outside so i set up a pool for my kids right Mm -hmm. one of those like inflatable pools uh and it wasn't large enough for like all of us and there was large enough for my kids to be comfortable and uh when i was out there i was grabbing the water hose and i was like screw it and i was just like getting myself all wet and playing with them with the water and shooting them with the water hose and stuff. And we're playing and stuff and no joke within like two minutes, super dry. Oh, I bet. And in our house, every wall that you touched, every light switch, the counters, everything felt hot. It was nasty. There was times where we were going outside to stay cool because <laughs> inside the house was hotter than it was outside. Oh, that's nuts. You know, at least outside there was a little bit of wind every so often. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I was not comfortable. I don't think I would have been either in that situation. It's funny because when I was younger, like, the heat didn't bother me at all. Uh, I could go all day long in heat like that. I remember uh, my th- second or third year in college uh, I went to college in Phoenix Arizona 
and uh. we moved in to a third floor apartment in August and it was 121 degrees on the day that I moved in. So going up and down those stairs all day, I was just like, doo, 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 no biggie. And then <laughs> I remember one other time, right around that same time, probably a couple of years earlier, we were hiking in Arches National Park in Utah. That's the famous Red Rock Park with yeah. the, the rock arches, natural rock formations. And Beautiful it's just park. a solid rock landscape. Like it's just all sandstone. There's hardly any plants. There's nothing but the sun, the baked rock radiating heat, and the reflected light and heat coming off of those rocks. And it was 120-something that day. I don't even remember, but it was like some record day. And we're just hiking through the desert. No biggie. We had our bottles of water. We were good. But like, I, I like just thinking about doing that now that I'm like twice as old, forget it. Just... I would yeah. just lay down and die. That's how I feel about my metabolism and eating now. <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, I could eat whatever I wanted, right? man. Now I got to watch everything. <laughs> it's, I, can, I can't even look at certain foods the wrong way before I gain four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I get it, man. I'm glad uh, this is over. Uh, and now we're getting into that season, as the kids call it, PSL season, pumpkin spice latte oh, season. Oh, pumpkin spice. Yes, yes, yes. It's in full where effect. It's going to begin to get a little cooler and then give it a few weeks and everybody's going to be complaining about how cold it is. Yeah. And it's just a cycle. It's yeah, a cycle. Yeah, that's, but, that's you know. ridiculous. It's uh, I can't wait for it. And, of course, Halloween season is the best season I know you like yeah. Christmas season, but Halloween season's the best season. I can't wait. So I have something to show you. Check okay. Out. Yes, Christmas season, especially in the parks, has always been my favorite. But I do hold a soft spot for Halloween mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. when I was younger, uh, I used to love scary movies. I used to love all that stuff that as I got older and as I had kids – I, I kind of stopped doing like I couldn't watch those movies anymore because I was always, you know, what if the kids are watching and stuff like that. And and I, you know, I miss that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in general, I stick with the spooky Disney stuff. And yesterday, Lynette surprised me with this. Oh, my gosh. That's so Isn't cool. That awesome. Yes. She got me one a candle holder that looks like one of the gargoyles in the stretching room. That is uh, awesome. Apparently, they had these and they had the 13-hour clock at Hot Topic on sale. Nice. And so she purchased this for me. She wasn't able to get the clock. I think they were sold out already. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm super psyched. I love this. I've been trying to get a few more Haunted Mansion pieces to decorate my office mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. and i'm i'm still kind of eyeballing the plaque that i've seen the haunted mansion plaque that you see as you're walking into the mansion itself like the the stone one that has oh, like the, yeah, the yeah, demon yeah, on the yeah, top yeah. and stuff says haunted the, mansion like brick pillar on the brick pillars the yeah okay got it exactly yeah. so some people make replicas of that and mm-hmm. i'm thinking about getting one of those and yeah i i was super psyched when she surprised me with it uh, I'll end up posting this on Instagram for people to see because so I, cool. I kind of lost it. I was pretty happy when I got it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. That and I got myself uh, a Baby Yoda doll. <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't help it. Here's the deal. My kids wouldn't let me play with theirs, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I 
wanted it because I've been thinking about just doing TikTok videos. And the reason I've been thinking about doing them or Instagram Reels, I don't know what I'm going to do them on. The point is that I feel like I've wanted to do something creative that doesn't take like three weeks to produce, like Mm -hmm. some of the vlogs and stuff like that. I just want a little quick burst of something, you know, that I can put up. And lip syncing and all that stuff is super easy to do. And I, I saw a couple of really cute Baby Yoda ones that I thought, oh, I can do similar stuff to that. And plus, he's just so freaking adorable. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the little guy. I can't even begin to tell you. Plus, so I got it, myself one of them. It's about time to uh, rewatch The Mandalorian because the second season's around the corner. Oh, yeah. Right? It, isn't it out like on Halloween or I, the day before I think it's Halloween like October 30th is when it's yeah. streaming. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it is that time. I, I, I think I'm going to wait until the beginning of October to rewatch it. But yeah, it's almost that time. And I'm, man, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take you to binge something like that? Are you like um, just over the weekend or do you have to watch it? No, like, over because, the course of a week. Yeah. I'll probably like what I usually do is like, so like every day after work, I do like an hour on the treadmill. And so that's usually when I watch like my show that like, I'm not watching with Charlie. Uh, so I'll probably do it then. And in that case, it'll just be one per day. So however many episodes there were, it'll be that many days. Tre- treadmill? Yeah. Yeah. You, what, you know what that what is? is? That That sounds like a magical contraption. Yeah. It's um, it's a way to walk nowhere. Oh. Yeah. I call that sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, dude. There's sometimes that we start watching programs like this and I just get so obsessed with them mm-hmm. that I will go an entire night without sleeping if I have to just to advance. Nice. Uh, I've been trying to be better about it. I've been trying to get more sleep because I just I just need it. I'm just going to say that. I just need more sleep. But the last thing that I remember completely binging was every time there was a new season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina mm-hmm. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I would basically watch everything in one day and it was hard because we couldn't start watching until the boys were in bed. And Uh. so sometimes we wouldn't start until nine or 10 Mm o'clock. So I was up until like four or five o'clock in the morning watching as many episodes as I could. And then to have to get up the next day at like seven or eight o'clock. I mean, you know, but it's so good. (laughs) If you want something for Halloween, that's something you should watch. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Nice. But yeah, Mandalorian, definitely that's going to be on the list. Definitely going to watch the new season. You know, since we're talking about something on Disney Plus, since we talked about this not too long ago, mm-hmm. Muppets Now. Okay. Um so you haven't continued watching it, right? No, I haven't gone back to it. Okay. I think you're not alone. I'm not alone in feeling that Disney doesn't really know what to do with the Muppets. We've talked about this before, and it's gotten to the point where it's it's kind of evolved from they don't know what to do with the Muppets to they don't care about the Muppets and they just mm-hmm. kind of do whatever they're putting them out in whatever form just to appease people saying here you got your Muppets now quiet you know and this this last week the finale of Muppets now uh, came on Disney Plus and in a couple of scenes there was a watermark for the editing software that they were using that just said like FX Factory Pro trial version on some of the the um, I keep forgetting the show with Miss Piggy, but it was during her segments that they were most prominent mm-hmm. and they just had the watermark. 
And I, I, at first, I didn't know what to think about this because I thought, is this part of the joke? Like, is this one of those things that they're adding because, mm-hmm. you know, there's supposed to be this like makeshift production on YouTube right. and, you know, stuff like that happens? Or is it because people are working from home and maybe they were on a deadline and they didn't realize when they rendered it out that their license expired and they uploaded video with this watermark? Uh, but, dude, Twitter went crazy. <laughs> They're like, see, they don't care about the Muppets. How dare they? They didn't even, you know, quality control this. And, I mean, if they did quality control it and this went live, I I don't know how to feel about it because it's your service, right? Mm-hmm. You could at any point say, hey, we had an issue with this. We're going to re-render and it'll be up tomorrow. It's not like right. they couldn't make that call but instead it went live with this watermark i mean i know you haven't been watching it but where do you fall on that kind of knowing those pieces of the story yeah i mean it it does seem like the the spirit of the muppets is not there with this current offering I, i don't know that it was fully there with the last two movies they did either though You know, I've gone on record many times on this show um, in saying that um, in many cases, for many franchises, we just might have enough, everybody. We we don't necessarily need more of all these things. We have beautiful, perfect Muppets things. Why do we need more? Like, they're endlessly rewatchable. I I, I never get tired of Muppets Take Manhattan. I don't know who would. It's freaking hilarious. Uh, you know, and so I, it, that's part of what I feel is like, well, I didn't need this anyway. But yeah, the other part is definitely what are you like? It it does almost seem disrespectful. Like, what are you thinking, guys? You can't just yeah. throw this and especially in today's environment. Like you can't expect that to slip by, <laughs> you know, I know. Like, people are just looking for an excuse, especially with a giant company like Disney. There's just <clears throat> people are looking for an excuse to tear it down. And especially when it comes to the Muppets, because of how people have felt with all of their shows, mm-hmm. leaving the parks with everything that they've done with the films, with the shows. So before I ask you this next question to add to what you were saying, I've been thinking a lot about this because I realized that the Muppets are, in a sense, caught in this time warp, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Muppets have a style of humor that was very appropriate in the 70s and 80s and maybe even in the early 90s. But the world has shifted away from a specific comedic style, Mm -hmm. uh, which is why a program like SNL is not the SNL that it used to be in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, right? Right. It's a totally different show, same style, but it's a different show because of the delivery and how they produce the show in general. Mm -hmm. And I think the Muppets are caught in this weird spot where the Muppets want to be the Muppets, but they can't because they have to be restrained to what's appropriate for Disney and Disney Plus, especially right now. When it came to the last iteration of the Muppets, when they were doing the mockumentary thing on ABC, which, by the way, is now on Disney Plus, uh, I've been rewatching that. 
And mm-hmm. I stand by what I said. I think that was more Muppets than this is. I've been okay. enjoying that one so much more. I love that mockumentary style, but it could be the bias that I really love The Office. I really love Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. And that kind of style of show really appeals to me. Yeah, I need to watch that one. I haven't seen it yet. I think you would enjoy it more than Muppets now. Um, but I, I think they are stuck in this like weird time warp almost where they can't really be the Muppets, right? They're being mm-hmm. restrained to being what they're being perceived as what they should be. And so that leads me to my question. Do you think that this is fixable? If let's say Disney says, sell them to HBO, sell them back to the, the Henson company, let them do what they do with the Muppets and forget they're even tied to Disney. Uh, potentially, yeah, but that's what's interesting is that, you know, when Disney has acquired uh, companies, you know, the most notable examples being Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm, uh, they left the creative leadership in charge in those companies and let them do what they do best, right? They didn't try to redo or uh, reinvent the wheel, right? Um, and it doesn't seem like that quite happened with Jim Henson Studios. So, yeah, I mean, I think the core of it is whoever's creating these things isn't really close enough to uh, the Jim Henson vibe, I guess, to really get it. But then you also mentioned something else, which was the time warp thing and I agree. I don't necessarily know that Muppets translates to a modern format show beyond maybe like the mockumentary style, like you said, because they're a live performance group, right? That's what they are. And, you know, SNL transitioned into doing like half live performances, half pre-shot like produced videos, right? And they could maybe find a middle ground there, but they need to be on stage together. And the fact that they're kind of like in these little siloed little shows, like little mini web shows within a show takes away from what I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really work for what they are. And I mean, just in what I saw in that first episode, I don't feel like they got the characters either. Like, we don't need you to change the characters. And I feel like they've tried to make some of the characters new. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, They're just lost. They're lost. It's a difficult line to straddle because obviously they do want to make them relevant to, to this generation. You know, we talked about this with the parks and what they do to the attractions where they're not necessarily catering to people that know of these products from years before they're bringing this and making these changes for an audience that's going to be enjoying this for generations to come right mm-hmm. in in a way they're they're in that transition phase but at the same time uh i you know in all fairness i will say that i feel that as the episodes have gone on They've been slightly better than the last one. And it could just be the fact that I'm getting used to seeing them in those scenarios. Mm -hmm. But like the Seth Rogen episode, I think, was much funnier than a lot of the other stuff than they've produced for Muppets now. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I will give them that credit. But yeah, I don't know. I, I had so much 
hope for this show. <laughs> and I really, I, I honestly, I didn't even know what I wanted it to be. I just knew that I was happy that I was going to get more Muppets in my life. And it did not turn out to be what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the next season, if it gets another season, you know, we'll maybe get something better. But watch the Muppets, the last one, okay. from the, the one that was on ABC. And I have a feeling that if you've liked things like Parks and Rec and The Office, mm-hmm. you're going to enjoy that one way more than Muppets now. Okay, cool. Because yeah. there is more interaction. Yeah, there's way more interaction. Like, they have these round tables where they're all sitting around talking about how the production for the next show is going to happen and who the guests are going to be and who's going to talk to piggy and oh no well they have beef going back years like how are we going to keep them away from each other you know and they're all like conspiring with each (laughs) other and collaborating with each other so it's more muppets than anything that we've seen that's cool you know so anyway enough about that i just you know, wanted to talk about that because we saw the finale and I just thought that was interesting. That watermark. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It dude, it lit up Twitter. I'm telling you. Yeah. I, I think so. it speaks volumes. Yeah. All right. Well, before we jump into this week's main topic, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by the generosity of a wonderful group of people known as the FGP squad. What does FGP Squad stand for? Well, I'm glad that you asked. The FGP Squad is the name that they gave themselves because we called them our podcast fairy godparents. But FGP Squad is cooler and we just kind of stuck with it. <laughs> you can get more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad by going to podcasters.com FGP for more information. There you'll find a little bit of info on what it's about, the link to sign up on Patreon, uh, a list of our top uh, contributors. And uh, it's great. We have these monthly Zoom calls. We we have giveaways. We have all sorts of really cool stuff for the FGP squad. And uh, we just want to say thank you to all of them for their continued support. Uh, I know we had to cancel our last Zoom call due to unforeseen circumstances. Info on an upcoming call is going to be coming soon. So we'll post that on Instagram. We'll post that on Patreon. So thank you all for your comments thank you all for uh, being so patient with us and uh yeah more information if you want to be part of the fgp squad family podcasters.com slash fgp is where you want to go uh okay so uh this week we wanted to talk about something that we kind of touched on in the last episode we were talking about disney plus doing drive-ins in australia and we kind of started talking about well what films would you want to see If a drive-in came, like a Disney Plus drive-in came to our area. And the initial question kind of posed the idea of what would the three films be that you would want to see? But then we realized that with the acquisitions that Disney has, you know, taken on over the last decade or so, there's no way we could choose three. Mm -mm. Unless it's from each company. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So basically, we're choosing three films from every branch. Disney Live Action, Disney Animated, Pixar. Um, Do you want to rant off all three, or should we go one back and forth for each one? Uh, I think that might take a little bit longer than we want to um, spend. So I think we should say the category, and we'll each just give our three. 
Okay. And Fair honorable enough. mention if we have an honorable mention. Yeah, I have like 20 of those. Good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, some of them were just so hard. There's oh. no way you can even get down to three. Well, tell me about it. Well, some of them cross over, right? Like They do. Some Lucasfilm films are also 20th Century Fox films. So Well, like the Star Wars ones. Yeah, yeah. they're basically both. So mm-hmm. I made the distinction that if it was a joint 20th Century and Lucas, I just put it into the Lucas bucket. Yeah, I didn't even too. bother to make those 20th Century because there's so many other 20th Century oh, Fox gosh. films. That, yeah, that one was the hardest. They go back to the 30s. Yep. Uh, but the ones that I selected, I'm... I'm pretty damn happy with. Cool. So, cool, cool, so, cool, cool. All right. Okay, okay. You know what? Let's do Muppets. It's because okay. we were just talking about that. Yeah. And are you going to give them as top three or just in no particular order? Well, I've got them ranked. Yeah. Oh, you I'll, do? Yeah, so I'll go, I'll go three, two, one. Okay. I did not rank them, but I will have to rank them on the fly if that's how you're doing it. Sure. Okay, so I'll let you go first, and okay. then I'll, I'll do mine. So, all right. Muppets. Muppets. So... Uh, my honorable mention for this one is going to be a movie called The Witches, which is something not a lot of people know, but it's a rolled doll book uh, made into a cool, creepy kids film in the mid 80s uh, starring Angelica Houston. And it's awesome. I only discovered it a few years ago when Charlie showed it to me for the first time. Uh, but I wish I knew of that film when I was a kid because I would have loved it my entire life. Uh, but on the big screen, my number three is The Labyrinth, uh, which is yes. just such an epic adventure. I never got to see it on the big screen, so I would love to see it. Um, the next one, number two, is The Muppets Take Manhattan, um, oh, so which to me is just it's just such a big picture that you really just want to see it on the big screen. And my number one choice is Muppet Treasure Island, which I still feel like is their funniest movie uh from beginning to end and the chance to see tim curry on the big screen uh it's always going to be that for me so i i love him and those are my picks for jim henson studios that's awesome that's a great set dude i'm gonna give you two different sets and it's gonna be dependent on if it's date night with my wife or if i'm taking the kids to the (laughs) drive-in and i'll tell you why okay if I'm going on date night with mm-hmm. my wife. Mm-hmm. Then my three would be Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. Good. And good. this is from three to one, okay? Yep. Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, mm-hmm. and the original Muppet movie. I like it. Just because the original Muppet movie, like, you can't go wrong. I, again, I stick to the fact that Rainbow Connection, man, oh, yeah. kicks you in the feels every time that you listen to it. Yeah. And that's where it came from. So it's always going to hold that place in my heart. I dig it. But. If I'm taking my kids, that three now becomes a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Also Number two hilarious. would be Muppet Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. And then the top one would still be a Muppet, the Muppets movie. Nice. So that one's still going to be the same, either one. But two and three change depending on whether it's date night or whether yeah, I'm taking the kids. Yeah, that's interesting. I never yeah. would have thought of that. <laughs> well, honestly, because I know... The Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, I never got to see in the movie theater, but they're kind of these cult classic movies that mm-hmm. I would have wanted to see mm-hmm. on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And I know my kids, and they'd be bored. Like, uh. it's not the type of film that could grab their attention for a couple hours where the Muppet films would do that for them. Yeah, for sure. So if it was date night and it was up to me, those would be the ones that I want to see on the big screen. But if taking the kids, I'd have to morph it all to a Muppets list. Nice. I, so. I get it. I get it. 
so there there's that one very cool cool uh so now let's jump to do you have enough in your lucas that you can split your star wars to the top three that you want to watch um i could probably do something on the fly yeah okay yeah do you want to do do star wars next yeah i mean i could do star wars and it could be very very simple and i'm gonna rank them in the order that they were released uh with a new hope which i guess was just called star wars at the time would be the number one Mm -hmm. uh and then empire strikes back and then return of the jedi Mm -hmm. those the reason i would want to see them on the big screen is you know growing up i was never a big star wars fan i became a bigger star wars fan as i began to learn about the franchise and after disney acquired them completely you know they were more in the parks you know we started seeing them at at, in the interventions area we started Mm -hmm. seeing the parades and then obviously with galaxy's edge opening uh, i've learned a lot more about it yeah but if i could see those three with the eyes of somebody that saw them on the big screen when they were first originally released, Mm -hmm. I think I would be a bigger Star Wars fan, obviously, and I think I would appreciate them a lot more. So I would like to see those three in the order that they were released on the big screen at a drive-in. I like it. Yeah, that would be amazing, especially if you could do like a marathon like that. Um, I have seen every single Star Wars film on the big screen. Um, So... uh, you know, I consider myself lucky um, that I've had the chance to see them all. Um, but my uh, my choices would be a little bit different in that uh, my number three uh, would be the the last one, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I the more I watch it, the more I love it. I really, really, really? dig that film. I I. I think the last two Star Wars movies that came out are two of the best ones. They're so freaking good. I love The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. They're so good. And The Rise of Skywalker is the perfect kind of epic conclusion to that franchise. And I feel like it it ended up being really satisfying. Gave us some great, amazing new Star Wars visuals and sequences and... Uh, gave a lot of cool closure and nods and all, all the things a Star Wars fan would want. Um, I personally was very satisfied by it. And the more I watch it, the more I dig it. Hmm. My number two would actually be from the prequel trilogy. And that would be The Phantom Menace, which is episode one. And the reason being for that one is because the pod racing scene for me is still one of the greatest scenes that's just pure movie making magic to me like i can watch that scene endlessly i am always excited when i ride star tours and i get the pod racing segment i just i i adore it i just think it's so much fun cinematically it's breathtaking the graphics uh the cgi in that are really strong for its time period. Uh, they they stand up pretty darn well even today. There are some other elements of that film that don't, but I think that scene, a lot of attention was was put on that scene, and it, it still shows. Um, so yeah, I just it's 
it's so much fun watching that movie and particularly for that scene. And then my number one would be the original Star Wars, A New Hope. It's still and probably always will be my favorite Star Wars movie. I love the simplicity of the plot and the character building and how they set up what is to come for the next 40 years, you know, with really strong, solid characters uh, that you really never tire of for you know the rest of the franchise and i love it I, it's it's a beautiful film and that would be the one that i would want to see as many chances i could get on the big screen I, I would always watch that one that's awesome uh you know it's funny that you mentioned the pod racing scene because when i was learning 3d animation we got a chance to watch a breakdown of how they were rendering that out and Ooh. watching it all. And and this was before there was like YouTube videos and all these like behind the scenes things. And mm -hmm. it was such a treat for us to be able to watch something like that. And I remember just getting so excited learning about, you know, how they were putting it together, what they were using to render it out and everything. And, uh, I, I remember wanting to recreate that scene myself. <laughs> I mean, we never got around it's to tall it. Tall order. It is a tall order. <laughs> but, yeah, it's such a fantastic scene. I don't remember if that was the first Star Wars movie that I ever saw at the movie theater. Mm. It, it might be. I don't remember. But I do remember watching that particular scene in the theater and just – going absolutely nuts about it yeah i was just so enamored with the cg in that film that i yeah there are times that i watch certain films and i regret not continuing that path in my life mm -hmm. either way i thought you'd get a kick out of this so the other day on tiktok i was watching a video by disney.fake.news where he says why every star wars film has the wrong title and he goes into like shifting around the names here let me play the audio for this okay this is why every star wars film has the wrong title what happens in episode one we meet anakin skywalker the rise of skywalker years later we find out that palpatine leader of the sith have ordered an army to destroy the jedi revenge of the sith in episode three order 66 happens and the clones attack attack of the clones in episode four, Obi-Wan teaches Luke that it's time for the Jedi to return. Return of the Jedi. In episode five, Yoda teaches Luke how to use the Force. The Force awakens. In episode six, both Yoda and Anakin die, which makes Luke the last Jedi. After the Empire is destroyed, a new Empire comes. The Empire strikes back. Come on, guys. In episode eight, Luke trains Rey and then sacrifices himself to give the Resistance a new hope. Finally, in episode 9, Palpatine returns from the dead, making him the Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. Nice. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Huh? <laughs> what do you think of that? That's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. I love it. I, it. I always, I've thought a lot about the titles of those films. And yeah, I think the very last one's the most confusing. Calling that one The Rise of Skywalker is really strange to me. But yeah, I, I mean, it is what it is. They're, they're, they're awesome movies. That's all there is to I it. Just, I just heard that, and my jaw just dropped with, like, every title just further and further. I was like, oh, I wonder if Gavin's heard this before. I haven't, but that's perfect. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, okay, so those are Star Wars. Let's do Lucasfilm now since we're okay. uh, with that company. So do you okay. want to go first on this one? 
Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Uh, so like most of my other categories, aside from Star Wars, I'm choosing films that I never got to see on the big screen for the most part. And that's, you know, why I'm choosing them. Uh, so for this one, my number three is going to be Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, which oh, is a film okay. that I love. Obviously, it's near and dear to my heart, but I never got the chance to see it on the big screen. Um, I was a bit young when it came out for that type of film. Uh, so I, I didn't get to see that one on the big screen. I saw The Last Crusade and that fourth thing they did. <laughs> uh, so that's my number three. My number two is going to be uh, his first major film, um, which was or his first science fiction film, which was THX 1138. Uh, yeah. which is just a visually stunning film. But obviously I was not born yet when that one came out. So I did not see it on the big screen. And then my number one is my favorite movie of all time. And it's one that I have missed out on seeing on the big screen several times in my life. I, I've had or known of opportunities to see it, but I've missed those opportunities for various reasons about three or four times in the last however many years. Uh, and that is Raiders of the Lost Ark, the greatest of the Indiana Jones films and the greatest adventure film of all time. That's a great set, dude. So Raiders is actually on my list, just by the way. And THX 1138 became my honorable mention for mm -hmm. this set. My number three is American Graffiti. Okay. And then my number two is Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then number one is Radioland Murders. Okay. Uh, I never got a chance to see any of those in the theater. Like, one thing that I don't think people know about me is I like movies that have this old-timey feel to them. And whenever there's an element of, like, a murder mystery or, like, anything that reminds me of the game of Clue, I'm, like, right. all on that, dude. And so <laughs> Radioland Murders is kind of a mixture of all of that. And it's just kind of this, like fun movie mm -hmm. that that became my number one pick like as soon as i realized how i was splitting up lucas and and that's why i was asking if we were going to split up lucas and star wars because i don't want nice. star wars to take a part of this list <laughs> so yeah i've never seen that one i need to watch it it's a fun film it's not like the greatest film but it's a, it's a pretty fun film cool i think you'd enjoy it all right, let's go to Touchstone. Okay. So what it. are your Touchstone selections? So this one really is kind of about big screen, like blockbuster type movies for me. So my honorable mention is a film called Reign of Fire. Have you Ooh. seen that film? No. Oh, it's about dragons and it's, it's awesome. Uh, it's really fun. Lots of big visuals, lots of great dragons on screen things like that uh so that's my honorable mention my number three though is like one of the all-time summer blockbuster greatest hits and that's a film called armageddon yep uh never tire of that fun film and i don't want to miss a thing because yeah. even when i dream of you the sweetest thing i'll never do because i miss you baby rock opera man it's got to happen uh, just yeah. like him right Aerosmith all soundtrack. Steven Tyler all the way yep. right there of course yeah beautiful <laughs> beautiful uh, my number two is uh, is a film starring a man who 
just simply can't be contained on a small screen must be watched on a big screen and that is none other than the late great robin williams and the movie is good morning vietnam it oh, is okay one of my favorite films of his uh it's loosely based on a real uh uso dj who was uh playing uh music for the troops in vietnam and, and keeping the troops entertained uh and he's it's like a one-man show. It's it's incredible. He's ridiculously good in this film. So I never got to see it on the big screen, and I would love to. Yeah. My number one pick here, I've seen on the big screen many times. I've seen on the small screen uh, 11 billion times, but it is one of the most visually stimulating films ever created for me, and that is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. I can never tire of that film. That is a fantastic list, man. Uh, I, yeah, it, with the exception of what was it, Ring of Fire? Rain of Fire. Rain of Fire. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Rain of Fire, I think all of those at some point were on my list of ones that were making it to the top as I was eliminating other films. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end, like if now that we're choosing a number three spot. Uh, I was literally flipping a coin and leaving <laughs> it up to chance to see how I would rank these because there was four films that I couldn't put. I didn't know what was going to be honorable mention and what was going to make like my top three, right? Mm-hmm. So this one, I ended up with six films, three honorable mentions, three regular ones Dang. because there's just so many. And one of them actually does include Robin Williams as well. Nice. So you know, since you're since you're such a numbers guy and a ranking dude, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go like six to one on this one. Okay, okay do it. It's gonna be Rocketeer. Okay, Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Bicentennial Man. Interesting. Which okay. was the Robin Williams film, yeah, only because yeah. it's it's based on an Isaac Asimov short story, and mm-hmm. I just love Asimov's writings. Yeah, and then. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ooh, that would be my, wow. my number three. Okay. Now, okay. Hitchhiker's Guide, I actually did watch in the theater, but damn, I love that book. And so <laughs> this is just a fun adaptation of the book. Like, it's not a direct mirror of it, obviously, yep. but mm-hmm. it's just such a fun film that I had to put it in my number three. My number nice. two is a film that made all sorts of movie history, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yep. Nice. And, and then in my top spot, Nightmare Before Christmas. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I I wanted to put Roger on there, but I I saw that movie several times on the big screen when it was when it came out. And I would love to see it again on the big screen, obviously, but yeah, it's it's hard to make cuts here. I didn't know we could pick six. Jeez. Well, no, you can. I happen to give you six, but you couldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one, I, I got to tell you, I don't remember ever watching at a movie theater. I remember oh, yeah. watching the VHS of it, but, uh, I you know, we've talked about this before growing up, and I really didn't go to the movies. I didn't really go out mm. to theme parks and stuff like that, so uh, if – ever we had these were because my neighbors had a satellite dish and they invited us over to watch these films all the time they had these massive vhs collections nice. uh growing up we had a handful of them we had a lot of the disney sing-alongs and we had like disney movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it wasn't a vast collection yeah so a lot of these films uh i was kind of confined to watching 
Short Circuit and Willow and Princess Bride and all the stuff that came <laughs> out on free TV like 24 hours a day. Nice. So. I mean, Princess Bride and Willow, those are great films. Yeah. Oh, no. I, they're yeah. fantastic films. Yeah. You know, but... I mean, they didn't make my list probably because I've seen them so many damn times that right. I don't care about watching them <laughs> anymore. So <laughs> I get it. Uh, awesome. 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 Okay. Um, let's go with uh, 20th century. Okay. You want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, I had two honorable mentions on this one only because I had to play the flip a coin trick again okay and this is just kind of how it ended up for this last spot so they both going ended backwards, up tails uh yeah okay. <laughs> good one <laughs> <laughs> so in the order that they would appear given lady luck would be silent movie by mel okay. brooks okay space camp and then in my top three spots the sandlot oh nice Romeo and Juliet, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire yeah. Danes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Fight Club. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I did not know you were a Fight Club guy. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Tyler Durden is my dude. <laughs> wow. We're learning. We're learning things here. Sometimes we get so ensconced in our little Disney-ness that we don't branch out to some of these other things. So this is kind of oh, yeah. cool. All right. So for me, I really, really enjoyed this category, but I also was really, really tortured by this category. I am, um, I don't know if I would call myself a film buff, but I do love uh, movies and I really love classic Hollywood. And 20th Century Fox allowed me to go way back in the time machine and pick some, some oldies but goodies. All of these predate my own existence. They're, I think, my most contemporary one is from 1969 so they're oh, all wow. really old um my first movie is my honorable mention and that is from 1939 and Ooh. that is none other than the hound of the baskervilles which is <sighs> the very first sherlock holmes movie starring yes. basil rathbone uh who went on to do 14 other uh, Sherlock Holmes movies and was kind of the original embodiment of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, he is the reason that um, the main character in The Great Mouse Detective is named Basil. Uh, he's named after that actor. And yeah, uh, I've never gotten to see that on the big screen. It would just be really cool because I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan and he is amazing. High five, buddy. Right here. High five. <laughs> I'm right there uh, with you. Awesome. My number three choice is the movie referenced a second ago from 1969. Uh, as we all know, I adore musicals and movie musicals especially. And, um, you know, none other than Hello, Dolly rocked oh, the screens okay. in 1969 featuring Barbara Streisand and Walter Matthau. Uh, it is a truly stunning visual masterpiece it, it's so beautiful i don't think it gets enough credit for its visuals the set design the color design the lighting design it's it's incredibly beautiful this film and i've never gotten to see it on the big screen so that one is a is a must and and look it it brought us an iconic song that apparently made it into wally and became a part of our hearts yeah. forever in yeah. a different form. Yep. So there I'm, you go. I mean, it's got a soundtrack that just can't be beat. 
there's also that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure we'll hear more about Wally uh, coming up here shortly. <laughs> will we? <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, I bet we will. <laughs> so my next one is one of my favorite scary movies of all time. I also am a big fan of scary movies. I especially like ghosts and hauntings. Yes. And an American author from the 19th century named Henry James wrote an American scary story masterpiece called the turn of the screw. And in 1961, my favorite actress of all time, Deborah Carr starred in the film version of this story called the innocence. And it is one of the most creepy, awesome, cool movies I have ever seen. And I love it. I feel like we just got, much closer <laughs> i feel a special bond between us now gavin that awesome. we didn't have before like yeah. it's just an extra link leveling in the up. chain yeah yeah i love it <laughs> it's fantastic sweet oh such a great list man. uh okay and then my number one is one of the greatest epics ever created and Visually, it is astounding what they created for this film in 1963. The, the enormity of the live sets, the physical sets that they built for this film blow me away every time I see it. And that is Cleopatra starring the incomparable Elizabeth Taylor and uh-huh. Richard Burton and Rex Harrison. And it is like when you think of classic Hollywood and the epic films to me, like this one stands atop the mound. It is the biggest, boldest, most awesome, truly awesome film. Uh, I've seen it's, it's incredible. Well, now I'm going to have to watch it. You definitely should. Okay. Uh, let's see, where should we go? Let's go to Marvel. Okay. All right, so let's jump to Marvel here. Uh, you want me to go first on this one? Uh, sure. All right. Uh, so this one, I mean, my answer is yes. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it's, this is the one that we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen every Marvel film in the theater. Every mm-hmm. one of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them multiple times. Right. Uh, but if I had to choose three of them, and this was super hard, uh, especially if I have to rank them in, in uh, a particular order. But uh, if I had to rank them, I would put uh, Endgame at number three, which was really? the final film. Yeah, okay. it was the final film. In the entire Infinity Saga. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then for number two, I would put Black Panther. Okay. Uh, Because, you know, with with the recent passing of Chadwick Boseman, I I started to reflect. I started watching it again, and I started to reflect more on what we talked about in the last episode. And Mm -hmm. out of all of the films in the MCU, it's the most transformational. Mm-hmm. When it comes to society, when it comes to filmmaking, when it comes to equality, when it comes to everything, there's so much about that film that is transformational that I almost feel guilty not making it number one. Sure. But uh, it's my number two. And number one, uh, I made Iron Man only because it's kind of what started the franchise. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, before the MCU, uh, I was uh, I, I was a casual Marvel fan because uh, I was aware of the X-Men. And before that, I was more of a DC fan than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and little by little, when, as I started learning about the X-Men, I became a big Remy LeBeau fan. And I okay. loved Gambit because I love playing cards and I love magic and the fact that he used that as his weapon of choice since he was a hustler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really liked that about his character. And then they killed him in the cartoon. And that broke my heart. <laughs> and so then I became kind of Spoilers. a Wolverine fan. Yeah, sorry. I mean, look, it's 40 years old that nobody's going to – it's old. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I became a Wolverine fan. But then when, when Iron Man came out, I didn't know that Iron Man was kind of a B character in, in the Marvel Universe. Like he wasn't like this top-tier character that they were pulling into these films – he was kind of on the B team and mm-hmm. the fact that they brought out this character and to see what they did with all of these characters over the course of, you know, a decade just shows that anyone on the team can surprise you, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it sounds kind of cliché, but I mean that that's kind of how I feel. Like don't take anybody's abilities for granted. Don't, you know, I don't know. I it just it means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to the MCU. So I chose Iron Man as my number one, and it it helps obviously that Iron Man is my favorite character now. But that's yeah. kind of why, you know, Got because it. they brought this character. I don't want to say from obscurity, but I mean compared to the other ones, like he wasn't the Fantastic Four, he wasn't Spider Man, he wasn't the X Men, right? right? And to see what that became of that character. And the story arc that developed around that specific character, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, my number one. So. <laughs> nice. I dig it. Okay. Uh, so it, it's weird. I thought Endgame was going to be your number one for sure. I almost made it my number one. Yeah. But I, I felt like I had to bookend it because you, you told me to rank them. Yeah. yeah I had yeah, to yeah. bookend them. I got Just kind of how it, you know, so. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, that's actually my honorable mention, but it's with an asterisk, with a, with a caveat. And I want to see that one on the big screen if I can sit next to you and ask questions. Because okay. I I'm have game. huge gaps in my knowledge, and I, I won't know what's going on. I'll just be honest. Even though I've seen maybe half of the films, I, it's, I don't remember most of them. That's fine. Uh, I'm game. Let's okay, do cool. it. Cool. So that's my honorable mention. My number three is one that I watched and I really did enjoy. And I thought visually it was really stunning, but I never saw it on the big screen. So I'd like to do that. And that's Dr. Strange. Um, You know, there were kind of some scenes that reminded me of Inception. And it just seemed like it had some big moments that would be great to see on the big screen. So uh, that's number three. My number two and number one are probably pretty darn predictable. Number two is Big Hero 6. Um I'm always up for that movie. Um, And then number one is, in my opinion, the greatest animated superhero movie of all time. And that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I am still just blown away by how fantastic that film is. Are we are we going to fully count that as Marvel instead of Sony? But I mean, it's still Marvel Studios. It's Sony Pictures, but Marvel Studios. 
you know, oh man, then that might change my list. Well, change your <laughs> list, bro. All right, no, I'm gonna stick to my list. That All that's right. a great. Okay, yeah, it is Marvel Studios. I didn't know that was part of the. I guess I'm gonna make that an honorable mention. Okay, do that if if that's the case because that was a. I I kind of want to say groundbreaking film when it comes to animate uh, animation and storytelling in the superhero genre. Yeah. So yeah, if. I'm I'm happy with the three, but I would have to make that an honorable mention. Yes. Cool. Fantastic. That's a great list. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Thanks. Okay. Uh, what are we here? Uh, let's go. You know, let's do Pixar. Okay. All right. You want to go first, or you want yeah, me to go I'll, this time? I'll go first here. All right. Cool. So this one was an interesting one for me. Um, I've seen all of them on the big screen um, except for one. Uh, which I mentioned it in the last episode, but if you didn't listen to that episode, this may come as a shock to you. So we'll get there when we get there. My honorable mention is actually Brave, which mm-hmm. I just feel like is so visually beautiful. And it's one of my favorite films that they've ever created. And I just would love to see the chance to get the chance to see it again, big, blown up on a giant screen, IMAX preferable. Uh, that would be amazing. The next one is actually what I probably consider the most underrated Pixar film, and that is Monsters University. I fall in love with that film all over again every time I watch it. I feel like it was one of the cleverest and smartest ways to add to a franchise uh certainly that that studio has ever done but also Mm -hmm. most other studios it's the perfect addition to a story and it was clever to do a prequel and it's amazing that they could be so clever with um from an original movie that had an ingenious clever hook to it uh but i i just not enough people are in love with that movie. And I, I just want people to watch Monsters University again and just love it like I do. Yeah. So that's my number three. My number two is actually a movie that's not quite out yet. And that is Soul because oh. I will not be going out to a theater to watch it. Um, I will be staying home safe uh, and I will wait for it to be streamable. Uh, but one day when I feel comfortable going to the theater again, I would love to see soul on the big screen. I'm sure. Uh, and then my number one pick is my favorite Pixar movie of all time. And I never got to see it on the big screen. And that is cars. I was in a different place in my life and I was not paying attention to Pixar. Certainly. Uh, there were some years there where I missed some animated movies in the theater. And honestly, at that point, I was still very much on the fence about CG animated films. I was still hardcore in the 2D only camp. And Pixar had really not um, sold me yet. But I worked at Barnes & Noble at the time. And we had in-store plays of music and movies at the time. And once their rotation was over you could sign up as an employee to get a copy for free and i happened to get the cars copy of the dvd back when did that come out 2006 or whatever something like that yeah yeah and i took it home and i watched it 
and I cried <laughs> and I have never looked back. It's my favorite Pixar film. Wait a second. So, so you said you weren't sold on Pixar yet. Yeah. But this is like, and you said you didn't, that's the only one you haven't seen in theaters. Yeah. Bro, well, that's I like still, seven movies in. Yeah, I know. I was, I was watching the movies. I, I was, I was keeping up with them, but I don't know. I was still like, none of them had really like grabbed me and, and pulled me in and converted me to being okay with CG. And then cars happened and it changed me, <laughs> I <Wow>. guess. <laughs> and then, wow. uh, yeah. And then six years later I got cars land and I got the chance to step into my favorite Pixar movie. And it's that to me is so cool still, but yeah, I've never seen it on the big screen. And uh, that's the one that I'm dying to see on the big screen. That's insane. Right. I and now all you want to do is get your kicks on Route sixty six, right? Yes, exactly. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Whew. Man, that's a great list. Uh you caught me you caught me by surprise with that cars comment though. I would have I would have assumed yeah. that, you know, at, at some point you saw it, but No. I would have even accepted like, oh cars three, I didn't see that one, you know, but cars yeah, like no. damn. Damn. Like okay. I was even hoping when Cars Three came out that they would have done like one of those little marathons, but where I was, I was still in Oklahoma at the time, and none of the theaters did anything like that for that film. So I, I was kind of hoping that that would be my chance when Cars Three came out to see Cars if they were doing a marathon. But uh, yeah, I haven't, and it it hurts a little. Yeah. I want to say that at some point they may have done that, like at the El Capitan in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah. It sounds like – because we saw Cars 3 at the El Capitan. Oh, cool. We Yeah, it was fantastic. Like we got to see a stage show with like all these people using glow sticks and glow hula hoops. And I might <laughs> still have some footage if – hmm. I was on my old phone. If I if I still have the footage, I'll try to put it up on Instagram or like in our IG stories mm-hmm. after this episode. Um, hopefully, I find it because then I'm gonna feel bad. It was actually a really good show, <laughs> but they had like the old organ playing and everything right before the show. Nice. They had like these performers on stage, and then we saw Cars Three, which was fantastic. So yeah, that's a great list. I love it. Um, hmm. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. <laughs> You know, it's funny when when I was going through this list, I I felt like I was kicking myself over and over because remember when we did the Disney questions when we were doing Disney Geek Out, mm-hmm. when we got to name the Pixar directors, and I was like, well, what about John Lasseter? Like, what about like, oh well, Pete Doctor and like mm-hmm. like we couldn't think of the names. It's so funny. As I was going through my list, like in my head, I thought like, oh, yeah, that's a Pete Doctor movie. Like, oh, yeah, that's Andrew Stanton. Uh, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's Lee Unkrich. And like when we were playing the game, for the life of me, I could not remember any <laughs> that, of them. It's that pressure, man. <laughs> I know. And that's why I suck at those games. <laughs> that's nice. why I'm horrible. Because I know that it's somewhere in the memory bank, but mm-hmm. the Google search in my brain hole doesn't work that fast. It's old technology. Okay? So anyway, for Pixar, ugh, okay, I'm ranking on the fly, okay? 
So I do have one honorable mention because I realized that there is one Pixar film that I never got to see in the movie theater, and that is Ratatouille. Oh, Uh, I never got a chance to see that one. I don't remember what was happening around that time that prevented me from doing so, but uh, it... I I never got to see that one in the movie. So Ratatouille would be my honorable mention. Uh, number three, especially to watch some of these scenes at night uh, in a drive-in, I think would just be fantastical, is The Good Dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I know I get a lot of flack for this one, but I love that movie so much. I, there's something about it that's extra touching that people are like that movie sucks. I'm like, I know, but it's so cute. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I think it's, it's a weird, it's a group of things that don't seem to belong together. So I feel like I would really love to watch that film one time with the characters and the dialogue removed and just listen to the soundtrack, the score and watch the scenery. <sighs> Because the scenery is fantastic. The score is really good, too. I just, I don't know. The story is, I I don't want to yuck your yum. Keep going. (laughs) No, I mean, look, honestly, dude, everything that you're saying is an absolutely valid point. Okay, I want to make that clear that I understand where the shortcomings of the good dinosaur are. I understand that it's not like the best film that you could watch especially in the world of pixar almost every other film in the pixar universe is better than the freaking good dinosaur but there's just something about that film to me that's so damn endearing that (laughs) it made number three on my list (laughs) nice hey man it's your choice that's what's great about it uh and then number two i'm putting coco because okay. I did yeah. see that film and I saw that one multiple times. Yeah, I did too. But to get a chance to watch it in the open air and I'm going to start armchair imagineering driving now. Um, if we could add screens on the side so that the marigolds kind of wrap around you and you see the scenery of the buildings and yeah. then you see the open sky above you as you're watching this in the drive in. Yeah, I'm done. Like, that's it. I'm I I never have to watch anything again after that. I'm, that's, I'm done. <laughs> kind of like okay. uh, in Mickey's Philhar Magic, how they got yes. the screens coming up the side, which I've never seen before. Oh, but I, forgot. I know you what you're talking about. Oh, but I man. know what you're talking about. And they did it when they were doing the preview for the live action Beauty and the Beast, where they used the sides of oh, the theater okay. as extensions to the film. Mm-hmm. So nice. yes, that's how I would want to do it. And in my number one spot, surprise, surprise, I'm putting Wally. Again, with the <laughs> extensions of screen on the sides so that when they do the scene of like Wally and Eve with the like when they're doing the defined dancing scene, like mm-hmm. you see them shoot just kind of in this like half dome around oh, all man. of the cars and yeah. just oh, so gorgeous. That would be a it. cool one. Have you ever watched the movie in a planetarium like inside the dome? No, oh, I've, I've cool. never I know the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood, mm-hmm. but I've never had the opportunity to watch a film there before. Yeah, that would be a cool candidate just for that scene. Ah, yes, <laughs> I'm so for it. Very cool. Ah, I like it. Love it. OK, uh, we're down to two. So we're going to go before we go Disney animated. Let's go with Disney live action. 
Oh, okay. Crap. So I didn't separate those two. Um, oh, you didn't. Go first so I can uh, scramble here. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that that's a bad on me. So, all right. So for my l- Disney live action, in my honorable mention spot, I'm going to put bed knobs and broomsticks. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I've... I've only, believe it or not, I've only ever seen a little over half of that film because I happened to catch it at somebody's house or something like that. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the entire film. Mm -hmm, But from mm -hmm. what I remember seeing, I enjoyed it enough that I would put that as an honorable mention to watch on the big screen. Nice. Um, In my third spot, uh, I've seen this film plenty of times, actually, but... uh, I, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, it I feel like it's gained a little bit of a cult following, especially when it comes to Halloween, and that is Hocus Pocus. Uh, I just I love that film. Interesting. Uh, I I don't think it's a film many people would have expected me to say, uh, especially in this category. But uh, I just think it's such a fun film, and what's come from it, I think, is. I would love to see a sequel, but a sequel done right. I know that's weird to say, right, but yeah. I think that's one film that actually can have a good sequel to it if it's done right. Sure. Uh, in the number two spot, also a film that I've seen at the theater, but damn it, I just want to see it again, and that's the original Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> that original Mighty Ducks film nice. was so influential. <laughs> <laughs> in me strapping on skates and grabbing a stick and tossing around a hockey puck that nice. I can't even begin to tell you how much I miss doing that. I sucked at it, but man, <laughs> I loved it. That's it was awesome. fantastic. Uh, and in my number one spot, uh, it's a film, obviously, that uh, is very special to a lot of people. It's special to Walt Disney. And over time has become much more special to me, knowing what went into it, knowing, especially learning about the animation and how they integrated it with live action. And that is Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even watching the newer version of Mary Poppins with Emily Blunt has made me appreciate the original so much more. And I, I would just love the opportunity to see that on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great pick. I, I think that's probably Walt Disney's live-action masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, so great pick. Okay, I, I have successfully scrambled. Um, so my uh, my honorable mention for live-action is going to be Treasure Island. Uh, we had a whole ah. episode of that uh, several months ago, um, but it is – one of my favorite novels uh, by Robert Louis Stevenson, one of my favorite movies. I, I love the storytelling in it, and John Silver in it is just incredible. Uh, so that's my honorable mention. My number three spot is another adventure film, also featuring pirates, but it's a lot bigger. It's a little more contemporary. Not much, but a little more contemporary much more visually stunning that I would like to see on, on the big screen. And that's Swiss family Robinson. Um, just such a wonderful adventure film. If you've never seen it, go back and give it a watch. It's unbelievably cool. 
My number two is the aforementioned Mary Poppins. I think that it is, like I said, Disney's live action masterpiece. It's it's just such a huge, epic, wonderful fantasy of a film. It's just words can't even describe it, really. So yeah. I'll leave it there. But my number one is my heart on the big screen, basically, and that's Tron. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. E- everything, everything Tron is just everything I want to look at for the rest of my life. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. If 20,000 Leagues or Tron didn't somehow make it on your list, I would have been surprised. Yeah. I think 20,000 Leagues would have been the one right under Treasure Island for me. Um, okay. It's it's awesome. I love it. Um, but I think those four just edge it out. Okay. Hmm. That's a good list. I love it. Okay, uh, well, we've reached the final category in our top threes here, and that is Disney animated films. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first on this one? Uh, I can go first on this one. Cool. I, I, I've scrambled successfully for both of these. So. All right. Uh, all right, so for Disney animated films, my honorable mention is going to probably be a surprise. Uh, this is one that I did not get to see on the big screen, uh, but it came out uh, this century, and it's a little movie called Bolt. Uh, oh, I actually have a, a big soft spot for this film. I think it's really, really underrated and really underwatched. I don't think a lot of people have seen it, but the scenery, the the backgrounds in that film are like paintings they're so freaking gorgeous i love the environmental design and just the the whole look of the film is just really visually pleasing to me i think it's got a great story and great characters as well Uh, i think it's a really fun uh kind of adventure and uh yeah so that's my honorable mention my number three spot um is going to be a renaissance film and uh, that is um, Aladdin. Oh, great choice! Yeah, uh, again, it's a, it's another you know Robin Williams masterpiece where I feel like he's just best served by the big screen because he's just so big. Yeah, and uh, his performance as genie is just incredibly iconic. But uh, that is one that I saw several times back in '92 when it came out. But I would love the chance to see it again. Uh, my number two is going to be Pinocchio. Oh, okay. And that is because it is my favorite Disney film. Now, I have had the chance to see it uh, a couple times on the big screen, but there's never enough times uh, to see your favorite movie on the big screen. Word. Uh, and it kind of edged out The Lion King, which is my favorite Renaissance film. It's my second favorite Disney film. But that film I've seen in the theater 18 times uh, <laughs> since it was released. So I could probably get by with seeing a few others. Uh, I was uniquely obsessed with it during the 90s. And then when it was re-released uh, several years ago, I saw it a couple more times. Nice. Uh, but my number one film is one that I've never seen on the big screen and I think artistically speaking it's probably Disney's best and that is Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. uh, we all know how big of a fan of Ivan Durrell I am and his 
artistic stamp is all over that film and I would just love the chance to see it blown up in that widescreen cinema scope panorama that they created for that film and just see that artwork and all its lush visuals in the way that it was meant to be seen you know I've only seen it you know on the small screen and that's a film that I feel like I would have an even bigger appreciation for if I got to see it on the big screen sometimes. So that one for me is it was like that one was written in first, like before anything else, like of the whole list. I had Sleeping Beauty, number one, Disney. That's the one I want to see. So, yep, that's my Disney list. That's awesome. That's a fantastic list, man. Um, And and I'll I'll talk a little bit about that one. Uh, in a moment, but I'll give you my list and then we can discuss a little further. But cool. uh, so my my animated, this is super hard. Uh, I think <laughs> of all the categories outside of like the 20th Century Fox one. I think this was one of the most difficult ones for me to like really nail down. Uh, and my I'm only going to do one honorable mention because I could list like 20 for this one. Of course. But. Uh, if I had to narrow it down, it's actually going to surprise you what my honorable mention is. And I want to use the precursor of I would love to have the extended screen to see like more of the film in that really wide aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see this not only in a drive-in, but in a drive-in scenario where the acoustics are specifically set up in a way where everything would resonate the way that it was meant to resonate. And that is Fantasia 2000. Nice. Fantasia 2000, I think it's a really bad rap when it comes to just the film itself uh, because a lot of people try to compare it to the original Fantasia. But Fantasia 2000 is, one, absolutely gorgeous. Two, the music is absolutely fantastic. But if you put it in a scenario where you're – like in a like the Hollywood Bowl, for instance, like where it's a half bowl and the music can bounce around the way that it was meant to bounce around. Oh, mm-hmm. it would be such an amazing film to watch open air with those types of acoustics. I agree. So uh, I would have made it one of my top three, but I love the other one so much more. And so it became my honorable mention. Did you get to see that one on the big screen? Yes, I did. And I saw it in IMAX. And that's why I'm saying that, oh, my damn, if I saw that open air with an extended screen in, like, an amphitheater scenario, like, my – I would go nuts. I -hmm. just could – I would lose it because I know how much I enjoyed it watching it in IMAX. I agree. So, Man, that's a fantastic pick. So that's my honorable pick. <laughs> uh, my third one is, uh, ironically, my favorite Disney animated film, and that's Beauty and the Beast. Nice. Uh, it didn't make the top of my list, and you'll know why in a second. But uh, Beauty and the Beast, I just love that film. I could watch it over and over and over, and I don't care how many faults it has. I fall for that story hook, line, and sinker every single damn time. <laughs> and it just – it gives people like me hope that they can find love as well <laughs> uh, because I did, you know. So I found my bell. And so, you know, that's – it's it's on my list. That's hilarious. Uh, and then number two uh, is The Little Mermaid. Uh, the Little Mermaid made my number two 
specifically because I feel like it was the first Disney film that I absolutely connected with on the animation and the musical level where I knew every single lyric, every single beat, every single part of that soundtrack in and mm-hmm. out, which opened up this whole new world, uh, ironically. Uh, <laughs> this is not even that film, but uh, it opened up this whole new world of watching films in a way where it, it was this audible experience versus just the visual experience that was being presented to you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Little Mermaid is, is my number two for that reason. Nice. Uh, and my number one is for pretty much everything that you said, Sleeping Beauty. Nice. I think all of the films that came before it, when you when you think about Lady and the Tramp and Peter Pan, Alice, Cinderella, um, Bambi, especially with all the paintings in the background, nothing. I mean, the only other one that might that I think might compare is Pinocchio. When you mm-hmm. look at how all the scenes in the city were painted and all of the detail that went into each one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pinocchio and, and Sleeping Beauty are just stunning visual masterpieces when you look at the backgrounds. But Sleeping Beauty took it to a whole different level in this mm-hmm. artistic style that wasn't seen in any of the films before. And quite honestly, we haven't seen since then. Correct. And it's just so unique in that way that it's it's far from being my favorite Disney animated movie, but the the visuals in the background are absolutely gorgeous. And so that made my number one to watch on the big screen. Nice. I think is that the only one we had the same number one on? Yeah. That's awesome. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So so that's it. Um, we did ask you, what are three films that you would want to watch in a drive-in scenario if you had the opportunity? And here's some of the answers that we got on Instagram. Uh, so this is one of the one of the longest Instagram names I've ever had to say, by the way. It's at a underscore goose underscore teen underscore underscore cease underscore nair underscore os. is fantastic (laughs) but uh the response on that one is mary poppins the original Mm -hmm. up and coco nice we got a message from lynette.rodriguez and she put down jungle book 101 dalmatians and aladdin oh fantastic i almost had 101 dalmatians on mine too uh our friend jill uh said that she would want to watch the little mermaid nightmare before christmas and Lilo and Stitch. She's a huge Lilo and Stitch fan, so I, I understand yeah, why that those, made her list. Those watercolor backgrounds are so cool in that mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. Such a smart move for them to do. Yep. Mr. Underscore 28 and Main said that he would want to watch Treasure Island. Nice. J Rat Underscore Indo said they would want to watch Aladdin, Mary Poppins, and Tarzan. Also great films. Tarzan, I mean, those rollerbladers, man, that influence. We <laughs> talked about that recently, too. Tree surfing, <laughs> bro. Tree surfing. All, the, all of the blisters on his feet and everything are nothing compared to what he can do in those trees. <laughs> uh, our pal Sup underscore Shep said, Adventures in Babysitting, Ooh. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and mm-hmm. Teen Beach Movie. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about it, maybe I would want to watch one of the high school musicals. It could be fun. On the big screen. It could be fun. Can we just get, like, if we all did a drive-in, and I mean Team Beach Movies on the same, you know, on the same bandwidth as that, but if we did, like, High School Musical, and then we did it so that the cars were parked in a V formation, and then the center was set up so that everybody can get out of the car and dance with once, I mean, all this pandemic thing is over, obviously, because, you know, responsibly social distancing and all. I think a spontaneous dance number in the middle of a drive-in would be super cool. There we go. Now, would the cars be in a flying V formation? Heck, yeah, they would. <laughs> Setting up for that knuckle puck. You uh, know what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our choices. Uh, this was just such a fun episode. Uh, if you have any movies that you want to share, you can join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. We'd love to hear more of your film favorites, and we could possibly share them on an upcoming episode. Uh, all right. Any closing words, Gavin, before we close it for today? <sighs> no, I can't think of anything. I uh, it's, it's a weird exercise because, like I mentioned during one segment, I don't feel comfortable going to the theater. So I know. <laughs> like, I feel I like know. if we get this chance, uh, maybe a couple years away. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun. It was yeah, fun going through definitely. those lists and adding all of those 20th Century Fox into the mix and oh figuring gosh, out yes. where they all stand. So. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Made you look.